Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. You're muted, Abe. All right, Abe's muted. So, good morning, all my loyal listeners, librarians, libertarians, left-handed people, and lovers of the leaf. You with the same? Yeah, why was it muted? It automatically unmutes when the show starts. Yeah, it does unmute. I don't know. That sounds like a uh, producer issue. No, I couldn't unmute you. If I mute you, I can unmute you. I couldn't unmute you. I tried. Paul's on a roll early. (laughs) It's because Evan Darnell scared me. He got me. uh, (laughs) He got me too worked up. He has too his his expectations are too high. I can't even speak. His expectations are too high for me. Expectations of what? What's that picture behind you, Alex? Last moments of RMLC. Yeah. Investment grade cigars. Is he, so he said, or, 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 "Yeah, all right." Well, yeah, that's his first cigar. comment was this. Well, thank his you for tuning in. <laughs> Evan summed up the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we got a, a good crew coming in today, man. They're they're slowly. I think it's an, uh, a Saturday morning where people are uh, are just uh, having a rough morning. It seems like, but we're they're slowly coming in. All of our listeners. Why are they uh, having a rough morning? I don't know. Maybe they partied too hard Friday night. No, I'm curious as to where you get this imagery from or perception that they're having a rough morning. I don't know. It just seems like people are coming in slower than usual. Oh. So I feel maybe they're having a rough morning waking up or, you know, they had a terrible week like I did. Ah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I'm there just trying is. to say this is I'm the age old misery loves company. He's <laughs> looking for somebody else to be miserable. Paul's terrible <laughs> week is pretty much 80% of the country's like paradise week. <laughs> I didn't leave the house all week. You haven't left the house in two years except to go to Disney. No, no. I, I go to the store sometimes. <laughs> now I live now I live out in the country. It's far though. He just like reaffirms my comment. I go to the store sometimes. <laughs> I lost I lost so much weight because I can't like run to like Seven Eleven uh, or Publix to get like a quick snack or treat in the middle of the night. It's when too far. You, when did you ever run to Publix, even when you lived where you lived? I did a lot. You know what? You know what my weakness what is. Publix was near you. Oh, you mean you got in the car and drove the? Yeah, I got in the car. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I just wanted to clarify that. But my weakness is late at night. My secret, my secret indulgence is a bag of trail mix with the M&Ms and the chocolate pieces and the peanut butter pieces in it. And the, and I'll eat a whole bag, but sometimes when I'm just having a rough night, that's what I, that's what I like to eat and, and then watch mindless TV. What's a rough night for Paul DeGracco? Thank, thank you. Oh God. What? I can't have rough nights. What is it? Yeah, what's I'm what's curious a rough night? what you constitute a rough night, you know, like a bad day at work or something. 
a bad day at home? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm being distracted by people at the door trying to break into my office. Um, yeah, work, work, life. I mean, kids are stressful too, you know. Well, maybe you don't know. I don't know. You have a store to hide out in. I have a little office to hide out in that now I don't even get to show off. But with the fancy new green screen back here, it looks more professional for sure. Look down. Let me see the top of your hat. Yeah. All right. It works now. It was like all blurred out last week. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. The blur on. It wasn't. Look at all the stains on this hat. It's disgusting. I got to get a new one. Where are you wearing it? I don't know. You know what? I sweat a lot, and this hat is not conducive to sweating. During the show? I wear my I wear my KMA hats outside of here. I, I'm proud of the brand. Okay. You know, I wear them a lot. I especially wear them to when I go smoke a cigar. I like this to be my cigar hat. Any good uh, golf cart rides? Oh, man. Actually, I had one this morning. Oh, yo, you're going to die when I tell you why I took the golf cart out Dude, this he's morning. Dude, excited. God. So, so Stephanie's aunt, Aunt Teresa and Uncle Kenny are here visiting, and they're staying for a couple of days just for the weekend. And Stephanie likes to do like a big breakfast when we have you know family here. And there's a uh, a family here in the neighborhood that one of their businesses, because everybody has a little business here, one of their businesses is making homemade from scratch uh, cinnamon buns. They call them Brian bun, Brian's buns. And wait, wait, the guys great. You enjoy eating Brian's buns? I well now I do. I tried it this morning. Okay. So so we got in the golf cart to pick them up. Four cinnamon buns, fresh made. This guy's no, no, like a four a Brian chef. buns. Four Brian's buns. Yes. And one they were amazing. I, I hoofed mine down before we got in here. But take a guess at how much they were for four cinnamon buns. Sixteen bucks. That exactly. Wow. Good. You know your pastries, I guess. I mean, how big were the buns? I just know the market. That if big. They, if they ain't making four dollars, if they ain't charging four dollars a bun, it probably ain't worth their time. But anyway, we got to ride on the golf cart, and it's a little cool here, which is nice. It was like sixty-nine degrees, riding down across the water, across the uh, the neighborhood, around the water, and it, it was picturesque. The morning, Paul's morning with Brian's buns. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have brought up the actual name of them. Yeah, they thought that this was going to be appealing. I guess Brian's. Buns. So they, what are they? They sell buns out of their house. Yeah, they they make them there, and I I think he's some kind of a, a chef, a pastry chef, and and this is like their side gig for the neighborhood. I mean, just just to the neighborhood here, and you go and you pick them up. Uh, there might be a fee for them to deliver them if you want. How do you put it in your them. order? Stephanie does it. I don't know online. You what do you mean on where? All right, time to look up Brian. Oh, it's probably Facebook. No, it's on Facebook. I mean, we have we have community Facebook pages, and they post when they're going to be doing specials for Brian's buns. And uh, here we go. Did he wear the princess costume while he was eating Brian's buns? Thanks, Chris. Uh, Chris, did not, <laughs> Chris did not say costume. Oh, the dress. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Not a costume. He just knows you like to wear dresses. I'm gonna, <laughs> One time in my life. I'm oh, no, don't lie. On stage, it doesn't count. If you're, if gonna, you're part of a I'm show, a wear share. a dress. I'm going to give a share. I'm going to give a share because he's, he's a decent-looking buns. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Brian's buns. There you go. Brian's buns. And some bunny buns. Did you get bunny buns, Paul? No, we just got regular Brian's buns, and they were – I mean, there was probably an inch of frosting on top of them, way more All than right. that. 
Brian's buns. Oh, now you're giving them free advertising, man. We should uh, we should make them pay for that. Well, you suck well, at your job. Yeah, there you go. Now you know. <laughs> but we they were to, really good. Do you remember when we used to get um, Brooklyn Water Bagel like every show? We couldn't get them to sponsor oh, the show. Yep. All we wanted was like, we, you know, a dozen bagels every Saturday morning. Yeah, we, we even said to them, we even said to them, listen, you don't have to pay anything. You just supply us with bagels for the show. And they were like, well, we're not really sure we want because. I don't think they wanted to be associated with tobacco products. Maybe. It really that was a... back when we were at uh, the, C, uh, the CV, CV radio building. Yeah. Oh, man, those were the best. What's a dozen bagels at Brooklyn cost you? About $65? No. no. It's like 12 15 bucks. 15 bucks, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. Listen, and they cut them for you in that automatic I to, cutter I machine. Them a 20. They'd come back with a couple bucks change. Yeah. Oh, oh Coop likes. Oh, good. Well, thank God Coop likes Brooklyn Water Bagels. They're, listen, not regular. They're not normal bagels, but they're the closest thing you can get here. They're the best bagels in Florida. Oh, by far. By far. It's not all about saying, the water, man. Not saying much, but it's the best bagels in Florida. Yeah. So anyway, I see I distracted. I, I want to talk about I, we have we have our talking points and then I made it about me. So I, I apologize. I'm working on that. I'm going to start therapy so that I can work the, on that. You're the most interesting me. thing going on on our Saturday mornings. That's yeah, we actually came to that conclusion yesterday. I haven't no, had a bagel in years. Oh, man. It's because they're, they're fitness nuts. God bless you, Tom. Yeah. Oh, but he's also he's also vegan, isn't he? Or is he just vegetarian? That might be why, because there's, there's definitely animal products in there. And how can you have a bagel without butter or cream cheese? The rough life, man. Better you than me. How about how about Will Smith getting banned for ten years this week, dude? You know it's funny because Alex mentioned it yesterday in the meeting, and then like after like work yesterday, I got a barrage of posts about it. I hadn't heard about it until you mentioned it in the meeting, and now I see I'm seeing it everywhere. Dude, ten years is a long time. There are, a long time. there are guys who've gotten less for for second degree murder. I agree. Time in ten years, I mean, this is the truth. I mean, it is a long. That's a long time. Ten that's years. A long, I mean, I think uh, maybe two to five would have been the appropriate. Five being max, two being minimum, but ten years. Well, you know, do you do you think that like at an event like that, they like people of his caliber should be held to a higher standard? I don't know. Like maybe that's what they're thinking. Ten years is a long time, though. But I don't Listen, know. He bitch slapped somebody. You punish him. I mean, he didn't murder the guy. The guy didn't even draw blood. Has Chris Rock even made a comment about I this yet? I haven't seen no. or heard nothing from Chris no. Rock. No. The only thing I heard from him was he did a show up in Boston, and somebody recorded it on their cell phone. And oh, he basically yeah, just that. said, yeah, he said something like, you know, how do I top this weekend? Like, uh, you know, that I have a whole show written, and now I'm not going to be able to talk about this entire stand-up bit that I have written to you guys. You, we're all going to talk about this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, you think you think you think you think it'll uh, tarnish his career? Who? Chris Will Chris Smith. Daniels does with, with 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 Smith. Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I'm sure he'll so. be fine too, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, but listen, bro. I don't look. I don't know. Man. Are you going to stop watching his movies because he slapped Chris Rock? No, no. But people I think are not going to stop. Guy is probably on suicide watch right now. Honestly, 
I might mean, be right. And, and who wants to take on the liability of having him when they could get somebody of equal caliber to do the shit? Like maybe somebody will pass him up for a role just because they don't want to deal with the added. Or the people that might say, because look, let's be real. There are people out there that are going to say, I'll never watch a Will Smith. I'm not going to support that violent blah, 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 and never watch a Will Smith movie again because people are psychotic like that. Mel Gibson's made a good career out of being an outcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All his, all the horrific things that he did and said, he's still. I mean, look. Yeah. Here's the thing. For me, I mean, man to man, universe to universe. This wasn't a horrific act, man. This guy made a mistake. He lost his cool, probably pressured by his wife, and went up and made a mistake. No major harm. He acted inappropriately. He should get an adequate punishment. Anything more than adequate punishment. I think a two to three year ban from the Oscars is adequate punishment enough. I mean, if Chris Chris Rock doesn't have a problem with it to press charges, why should anybody else? I think Chris Rock just doesn't want to be that guy. Yeah, you're gonna I think charges. I think Chris absolutely. Yeah. Chris Rock understands the bad press that will come out of pressing charges for getting slapped. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't think it's, he would press charges regardless of that. I don't know if somebody came up and beat the living crap out of him. He didn't beat the living crap bloody. out of him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In another yeah. scenario, he yeah. would press charges. No, that's different. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he didn't even draw blood. It was a slap. It was a good slap. Form was on point. You watched that shit. That, <laughs> yeah. that was. That was some, that was some Hollywood, yeah, taught training. That was, yeah, that but was, I'm actually going to slap. Training. This is how you slap somebody. Did he, did on. He, did he Muhammad Ali? Right. <laughs> yes. He had some training. Oh yeah. But, uh, listen, uh, I, listen. It doesn't change my opinion on the guy as an actor. I love him. There's there even some of the worst movies that he's in are. I still think he's awesome in them. Like that. What was that movie where and with, then there was with the zombies? Well, I didn't see that. But what what movie is bad. that? Wild Wild right. West. Bad. Oh, I didn't um, see that. I don't know, but oh, I have wild, no wild pity West. for him. I mean, I have no pity for him. You know, whatever. Okay. I don't have any pity for him. I think it's a shame. I'm, I'm, I was a Will. Smith, I am a Will Smith fan. I thought it was good. Listen, it comes down to one of my old sayings, man. A good woman either brings you up or is an anchor and sinks you to the bottom. He's obviously married to an anchor. Absolutely. So you're blaming her. I don't know. If you watch the video, yeah. If you watch the video, he laughs in the beginning. Then she obviously is caught making a face. Then there's some little conversation between her and him, and then he's walking up there slapping a dude. Listen, this is the same woman who has who brought him on her podcast to explain to him how she cheated on him with their son's friend. Not right. even that. But they were separated at the time or like taking years. She demasculated him. Let me just tell you something. That's true. That's true. I don't know if you caught any snippets of that. He just looked broken in that thing, talking about it. You know, it was like, I'm like. Yeah, he was trying to hold it together. But I'm watching this. I'm like, is this really, really fucking happening? You know, it's just some weird shit. He, see, the problem, too, is Will Smith. Offer also suffers from you're not Tupac syndrome from his wife. Um, him, his wife and Tupac grew up together and were like young kids and kind of in love and never really got to have a relationship. And then she met Will Smith young and he's always been by her compared to like, you know, she will talk, she will talk about Tupac so highly. And so like how much she loves him. And, you know, here's the guys like, yo, I'm your husband. Can I get a little play here? You don't talk about me that way. Seriously. 
Yeah. But you know, I I mean, I kind of agree with Dave. The guy's worth three hundred million. I mean, I would just go do whatever I want to do. But see, you know what? He can't do that. Like he he is by far in that Hollywood, uh, in that Hollywood elite where he's he's like obsessive compulsive. The money means nothing to him at this point because he has so much. It's it's about the recognition. It's about the praise. So I think a ban from the Oscars is now. We, we asked a question yesterday, and I looked it up on a couple of sites. The Washington Post says that he can still receive an Oscar. He can still win. He, he just won't. can't be there to get it. No, he, he, you're right. They probably won't even nominate him. They won't him nominate him. I mean, why even cause that situation? But at that point in your career, that's what that's what your the drive is. The drive is the recognition. The drive is the is the fame. The drive is you know having your peers and and people tell you how great you are. Like I, the money. I'm, listen, I'm sure it's great, but at this point, can it, is it is it hard to spend three hundred million dollars? Sure, I'm sure somebody could do it, but if he has three hundred million dollars in the bank, you know, the money of twenty million dollar film is not going to change his life at this point. Well, so I I don't think it's that. But one thing it's, I it's a shame. One thing I can definitely tell you, I don't see uh, Jada being part of any uh, Hollywood celebrity roast anytime in the near future. <laughs> yeah. Could, could you imagine? I saw people. Somebody put together a clip of like, if you think Will, uh, if you think Chris Rock's comment about Jada was bad, take a look at some of these. And they're they're like from celebrity roasts of like talking about like when their spouse just died and making jokes about oh, it. And nobody did anything. Look like, at prior Oscars. Right. Look at the stuff. Forget roasts. Roasts they go in there expecting, but just look at prior Oscars and some of the stuff that was said on stage. I mean, you know, I don't think what Chris said was wrong in just, any way quick quick consensus don rickles greatest roaster ever i mean that's uncontested Ooh. right yeah yeah he was amazing the greatest thrasher ever i mean yeah absolutely you ever you ever go see him stand up man you just hope no. he doesn't make eye contact with you with <laughs> right. you do not want to sit front row to don rickles i, I saw him at the Kravitz center one year oh really? i bet that was amazing yeah it was really good but yeah you want to make sure you are sitting nowhere near the front row he his if you just watch interviews with him with talk show hosts like like Stern, man, he's that guy's got some stories about him and Sinatra, like you know him and Sinatra are really close, and and he talks about like demasculating uh, Sinatra in front of a date one time to seem like a tough guy, like he he begged this, he begged Sinatra to come over and see him when he was have out on a date with this girl trying to you know seal the deal, and Sinatra comes over and he goes, uh, hey, how are you doing, my good friend? It gets a you know. He goes over, he's like, oh, it's so good to see you. Hi, I'm Frank, this and that. And Rickles stands up, he looks at him, he goes, not right now, Frank. I'm eating dinner. Can't you see? You're so freaking rude. Get oh, out of here. hilarious. <laughs> he said he was pissing his pants doing it, but he knew. And he said it, it got him in with that chick. Like that night, he, that got, he got in because he treated Sinatra like a dick. And Sinatra grabbed him afterwards. He's like, you ever do that again, Donnie? You're a dead man. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, he was a legend, man. You, you know, but then you're saying like, is uh, is Will Smith, uh, you know, is Will Smith going to be remembered in 50 years, 100 years? Yeah, probably not. I, this I, doesn't help. I can't see, look, dude, American people, man, they forget shit. Absolutely. You know, and they forget fast. Their crusades are, their crusades last like a snowflake on a summer sidewalk, man. I, 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 <laughs> seriously, I, 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 I just made that up. I like that. The crusade last <laughs> I like that. Snowflake on a summer sidewalk. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I think this guy's going to start getting jobs in a couple of years, and, and no one's going to really go. Who the frick watches the Oscars anymore, anyway? I, I, I don't even know when they are. Nobody watched it, but the, you know, I woke up on Facebook and I saw posts about <clears throat> it was fake. I'm like, what the fuck is everybody talking about? I had to Google right. to figure out what the hell anybody was talking about. Wait, here you go, Abe. I got your favorite part of the scene. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and, and the best part is he rolls over into that. He's down face down. And then right before the scene cuts, he rolls with that face. Brilliant. <laughs> really is brilliant. Uh, I don't know. It's just craziness that this is what – I mean, it, it took the internet by storm, though. And the memes are just keep on coming, man. It seems like every day there's still another there's still another meme. But I'd like to hear Chris Rock's side of it, but I think well, it's going to be a long time. Prob- I mean, listen, truthfully, the Oscars should be grateful because my understanding is Oscar ratings have been toast the last few years. Right. It's Chris Dinell just said that earlier. They're, yeah, so. They're happy as hell. So. Now, are you going on a cruise, Paul? I am, yeah. My first ever, like, real cruise. I've been on, like, a couple of the overnight cruises to the Bahamas, but never on, like, Seven days? this big of a ship. I think it's six, it's Sunday to Saturday, so I guess that's six days. Seven days. All right, seven days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, East or West Caribbean? You leaving out of Fort Lauderdale, Miami? Yeah. Where? What islands are you going to see? I don't know. I this wow. this is a quite, wait. Hold on, I can tell oh, you. Wait, wait, Stephanie, wait, 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 wait. I just want to make sure I understand this. So when you guys go on vacation, Stephanie handles everything. This one was actually her mother that asked for us to go with her, so. Uh, I didn't. I, I like. I was very uninvolved in it. In all honesty. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I was scratching my face. Are you going on a cruise with your mother-in-law? Is that what you just said? Yeah. yeah. Not in the same room. I, I, on the same boat? Yeah. It's the largest boat that Royal Caribbean has. You don't. You what? You don't do family cruises? What? I don't understand. What? That's that's a weird. You don't do family vacations ever? No. Wow. So I just want to get this straight. You, you're going on a cruise. When are you leaving? You're leaving this Sunday? Yeah, on and, Easter. And you have no idea. I know. I just remembered. Cozumel, Costa Maya, and the Bahamas. East. Oh, sorry. That's the West. Um, so we- yeah, but listen, in fairness, though, Abe, I know where you were going with this, but you're the other side of the spectrum. As far as vacations, no. yeah, you're Abe, the other because Abe's trend. a planner. My but my Abe wife makes an itinerary of yeah. time. So does so does Stephanie. I don't have the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, I know what restaurants we're going to go to before we go on a trip. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Stephanie. I don't do any of that shit. I'd rather plan it, play it by ear. So let me get this like, straight. I, Are you not here next Saturday? Correct. Next so Saturday. You told us the 23rd. Are you yes, you did. Saturdays in a row? Oh, no. Next Saturday, I'm here. I'm sorry. The 23rd, I'm not there. So you're not yeah. leaving this Sunday. You're leaving a week from Sunday. Correct. Not tomorrow. On Easter, I'm leaving. I, I, I'm... So is, is this an Easter cruise? Are, are you going to – did they bring a bunny suit for you? That I don't know. I guess we're, they do do some kind of celebration there. I don't I don't know, man. Like, I, I just know that I'm going, and I want to, like, do nothing, but there's so much to do. Like – it seems like like a vacation to me is like hanging out and not being like forced to do things. But there's like a friggin' uh, simulated skydiving thing on there and like a water park. And I can just see that my life is going to be hell for seven days, in all honesty, that we're going to have to do so much stuff every you know, day. There's not going to be five minutes for me to sit down. Let me down. just tell you something right now. 
if I could go through the camera and punch you in the face, I would right now. <laughs> Are you listening to this guy whining and complaining about going on a seven-day Royal Caribbean cruise? This is why we make fun of you. This is your misery where I said it's like 90% of the world's like paradise. I don't like to do uh, stuff. It's going to be miserable. I'm going to be on a cruise. Oh, my God. Paul. No, I, I want to be on the cruise. I just don't want to do events. And you don't want to be with your family. No, I want to be with my family, but I want to be with my family sitting next to the pool or something and not having to yeah, worry. Well, it's called grow pair balls. <laughs> we will. What is but... it? What like what is it that you feel that you have to do that is going to be unpleasant? Uh, there's Go all places, things. There's all like activities. Family. There's all activities there and shit. Like uh, there's just I saw like there's this like two-story trampoline thing there and i know i'm gonna have to do that and then i gotta watch the kids on that and it seems like it's gonna be a lot of work that stuff's not fun for me because like you, you gotta like constantly be on top of your children listen bro I, i've accepted this i've accepted this right i made a decision in life to have children <laughs> and, and part of that decision was sacrificing my own yeah i want to sit around and do nothing that, i agree this is what it is I agree. I agree. I'm just you're. You asked my opinion. What do I look forward to? I look forward to having a couple drinks and sitting down at night and smoking a cigar. I think there's a cigar lounge. I wasn't sure if I was looking at the right ship, but I hope there is. What the hell am I gonna do? <laughs> I, I drink myself into a stupor once the kids go to bed, and I avoid the room. And by the way, uh, in in response to uh, Tom Pauser, one of the best cruises we ever took was that Alaskan cruise. I remember that, that. great cruise. It was very awesome. We flew into Vancouver, spent uh, uh, about three days in Japanada. That's what we call it because, like, Vancouver is, like, pretty much Japanese. Um, and then uh, we took a cruise all the way up to Alaska and then flew back from Alaska. It was great. It was awesome. Anybody who's ever thought about going to Alaska, you don't really need to do a cruise. The cruise was cool. Um, when, when to, to see the glaciers and to hear them, I, I think I forgot what it's called. It's not fracking. Um there's a word when I bet you Tom and Michelle would know, but there's a word when a you could hear you're out there in the middle of this like you know yeah, water area surrounded by glaciers and you could hear the ice. That's the sound of global warming. Yes, popping, <laughs> and then when a big chunk breaks off and falls into the ocean, there's a word for that. I forgot what it was, and we actually Calvin and, and we actually got to see two of them. It was pretty cool because you're on the lookout. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very, very no, cool. No, actually, when Michelle and Tom were here last time, when Stephanie finally got to meet them, um, she Michelle was, like, telling Stephanie that she could, like, hook us up with where to go, like, what cruise to take, all that stuff. And and we will probably do that and and see them, hopefully, if we can if we can arrange it to, to go over and see. I want to see their little cigar lounge in their house, in all honesty. You mean the smoke-in? Yeah, the smoke-in. The smoke What's it called? Something the Alaskan, post? The Alaskan Outpost. Alaskan Outpost. Yeah. Asking outpost. Well, we have a very special guest today. Uh, been on the show before. We got some interesting stuff coming up. Let's uh, jump into our Meet Your Maker segment. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How are Joining you guys? Us today, Juan Martinez of Hoya de Nicaragua, live from Nicaragua. Nice and early in the morning there, right? Nice and early. Hot, too. 
one of the hottest days in the year so far. So really, it's, wait it's, a minute. Yeah. One second. What was with the accent, Paul? I we, when you say <laughs> Paul, wait, 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 you rolled a couple R's all of a sudden. <laughs> wait a sec. I when I when I pronounce a, a, a name like that, Paul de Nicaragua. I'm in the cigar well said, business, man. Well said, yeah. That's, that's, that's that Broadway crap coming No, out. you know what it is? I'm going to show you. So Michelle Pazer is taking Italian lessons on that Duolingo app. And I spoke Spanish pretty well when I was in high school and college, and I've completely lost it. And I want to speak Spanish, so I do the Duolingo app now. And uh, I've been, I've been like, all, all the people in my life that speak Spanish, I told them, no ingles, only espanol. And they're like, oh, boy. So our... Uh, our accountant was calling us the other day and she was speaking only in Spanish to me in like financial terms. And so I was like, wait, hold on. We can't do this anymore. I don't, you're going way beyond the, the uh, vocabulary of the app that I have right now. I took it. So that's why. Comment of the day, Paul the Putz. Paul the Putz. <laughs> that might, that, that, that might beat Italian scaling and shameless Paul right there. Uh, <sighs> I got Michelle on my side at least. Oh, <laughs> they're all, they're all in silence now. <laughs> oh man. Well, Paul, anyway, what would we do without you? So anyway, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so I, you know, it's funny because when I was doing, obviously, we all, we we especially know Hoya de Nicaragua, but um, I was fascinated to learn, and it's something that I didn't know, and I guess we didn't talk about it last time you've been on, you were on the show, but I did not realize that Hoya is the oldest cigar brand that's been, that's made in Nicaragua it's pretty much common knowledge all right well i didn't know that i'm sure there's other people that didn't know that yeah, it's the oldest factory in nicaragua and all right I, go I, ahead I, Abe. i'm gonna go look at our episodes we definitely talked about it we did we did, we did. last time we did at length about oh, that <laughs> crash and burn paul well, let's not forget, Paul doesn't know the difference between Santa Clara and San Cristobal. That was great. <laughs> that was great. So, Juan, what I, I, have to, I, I have to say, guys, it was quite an entertaining morning. The last 30 minutes have been quite entertaining listening to Paul's life to story. From, from, from the buns to the cruise to the philosophical discussion about Will Smith and all that. Let me, Thank let you me, for making my morning, guys. Let me let me tell you, Juan. We, we sit here usually, uh, or we talk on Zoom, where every Thursday or Friday before the show, and there's a segment called Banter in the Morning, and we we just want to say, well, what, what do you want to talk about? What went on this week? Whatever. And it's funny because we keep gravitating back to something in Paul's life because it's just so funny what's going on half the time. It's it's I don't know. If it's sad or <laughs> Who cut the, did you just cut to your not, own face? <laughs> Did you just cut to your own face making a face? Yeah, I'm getting my I'm getting my reaction. Oh, that was great. That's called that production, was, my friend. That was the best producing skill I've seen in the last five years from you <laughs> right there. That was brilliant. That was brilliant cutting to his own face. So Juan, it's been a while. What have you been up to? How are things going? How's the family? How's your father? Give us a little update. Well, my father is good. Uh he's actually in um uh, in a quite an interesting phase because he's finishing up his memoir, his first of probably a couple of books. So he's been quite entertained over the past two years writing his memoirs and and re-exploring back in his life. So so that you know the pandemic has had a, a, an interesting influence on people in different ways, and in in his case has been 
sitting down and, and remembering and contacting and connecting with people. So he's well. He's quite excited to be sharing with his family and with his friend his life story. So he's quite well, and uh, thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, please send him and, my uh, regards. Please send him my regards. And, and I'm just going to tell you something. You know, I could relate to how cathartic doing something like that is because, you know, you know, we have our 25th anniversary cigar that we're working with Drew Estate, and mm -hmm. we just finished up, and it'll eventually get up um, probably toward the end of this month. But we just, we that whole experience, I bought my father down here last August, and I just interviewed him about his life um, kind of up until this point. You know, a Reader's Digest version, only about an hour version. But we filmed it starting here. We filmed it in the car ride down to El Titan where – where the cigar was made. There was a, a nice little five-minute segment with Willie where he talked about a cigar. We sat with Sandy. Then we came back here the next day and kind of concluded it. And I just finished it, and I sent him the link last night so he would be, like, the first person to really watch it since we finished it. And I'm telling you, man, it's very cathartic for them at that age. And and um, he literally said, you know, I, I'm cherish, cherishing this for the rest of my life. And um, mm -hmm. my dad's a real unemotional guy. Like I might have gotten like three hugs my whole life from my dad, you know. <laughs> so when he breaks down like that, it's 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 moving. But no, I, I I think that's awesome. I think the history and 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 the life that your dad had. I, I can't wait to read it. I think it's going to be an extremely interesting memoir. Please keep us po keep not only keep us posted when he's ready to put it out there. We, we'd love to have him on to talk about it. He's extremely oh yeah. He's an extremely interesting man, not just in cigar history, but Nicaragua politics. And we would love, love to have him on when that memoir is ready to, to come out. So please reach out. Uh, I, he will be, he will be super excited. I will let him know. Uh, I will. He hasn't been allowed into the into the virtual event thing. He's, he, it's not his thing. He feels uncomfortable because he th he doesn't feel the interaction. He doesn't feel the warmth of the people. So when every time we got him on online uh, virtual stuff, he's always like, oh, I don't know. I, but uh, but he definitely would love to come on and, and talk to you guys about. We're, you very, know, we're, very, we're very different. Tell him Paul will make him feel warm. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll yeah, definitely we'll do that. But it's been quite, I think the last time we saw each other was almost two years ago, the 2020, middle or late 2020, I remember. It's been it's been quite a ride, you know, it's been quite a ride for, for everybody. Um, obviously getting getting out of the or well, we haven't gotten out of the pandemic yet, but things have have gotten relatively back to normal, at least in, in most spaces and in, in most things. And and as you know, probably for your own business, cigar has been one of those blessed industries where we haven't stopped. We haven't stopped. We haven't taken a break. Uh, everybody's working super hard. And we've. it has sort of woken up a new energy, a new enthusiasm, a new drive behind everybody. And I think this, this is great. I, I, I honestly feel that we're starting like a new, like a new era for, for our business in, in a way. Not that we're changing anything that we do, but getting so many new smokers, getting you know our regular smokers on board, smoking more stuff and, and enjoying the company, but getting more smokers uh, on the roster, it's 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 great. It's great. It's fantastic, and we're very thankful that we've been blessed by by this opportunity, and that not only in the United States but also around the world. 
you know, people are opening up more and more for cigars. Um, uh, it's it's great. It's great. It's been a great opportunity. It's a challenge. It's you probably know that it's like the 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 best worst time to be in this business. We're trying to do everything that we can, and still challenges are creeping up around the corner and and, and making our hard our life harder and harder. You know, it's shortages of tobacco, shortage of people, logistics, shipping, and all that. It's 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 crazy, but you know we can't complain. So honestly, how has that part been? Because you, know, you, I've traveled now a little bit in the last you know half a, half a year, and you know it's funny. Some areas are more over the pandemic than others. You know, my favorites when I walk into a restaurant, they still have the plexiglass in between booths that's got two years of stain and filth and dirt. You can tell nobody's wiped that thing down in a year, but you feel this is helping. I mean, it's disgusting. Um, how is Hoya, the production, have you have you seen a change? Is it leveling? Are we catching up? Do you feel the industry's catching up as well? Because we know there was shortages, and there were shortages for not just um, – you know, closing or pandemic reasons, but there was labor shortages, there was filler shortages. Where is the climate now, at least for Hoya de Nicaragua in that universe? Well, remember that Nicaragua never shut down. So yes. Nicaragua never, never shut down. We never had a closing. Like the factories never shut down, like in the Dominican or Honduras that they were forced to shut down. Uh, we as a country never actually went into a lockdown as you guys did. We were not forced. We were not incentivized. We did certain things internally as, you know, as families, as companies to protect people. Uh, in the case of our company, Hoya, we still have the strictest measures that we can, even though the, the curve has gone down, because we want to make sure that everybody's safe uh, and everybody's well taken care of. A lot of companies have relaxed their measures. Uh, mask wearing and all that has been relaxed. Thank God a lot of people are vaccinated. Uh I would say in our company, about 95% of people are vaccinated. So, and I think three or four doses now. So that's, that's, that's good. Gives people a peace of mind, but we've had like, uh, you know, when, when, when you're swimming in the ocean and, and if you guys surf or if you surf, you, there's one wave coming and then you haven't, you know, you went over one wave and then suddenly another wave comes and you you haven't gotten yourself on food, and then another way comes and starts rattling you around. That's that's been our last two years, I would say, as an industry. That's first, the pandemic, the, the, the first the pandemic, uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. We all of us, you know, hit the brakes and all the measures that we took in 2020. Then suddenly, demand starts rising, and uh, demand starts rising. It doesn't stop. Continues rising. Demand keeps rising. Uh, new factories start opening up new companies start opening up there's more demand for people more demand for laborers for boncheros roleras and then there's this huge wave of immigration like people are fleeing in mass in central america to the united states and when i tell you in mass i'm talking about you know buses and hundreds of people leaving at night to walk to the united states uh and people from different backgrounds, from different you know economic levels, from different sectors, but in Esteli, in our region, it's it was a particularly tough situation, or continues to be a particularly tough situation. People have been leaving. I've, I've you know, in, in, we are not the biggest company. We are about a 410 people, but we were losing people at a rate of 20 per month, like for immigration. They would just leave, 
And that's a lot when you think about it. Every, every month, uh, 20 people, 20 people, 20 people. Yeah. Um, so we had two forces, two waves hitting us at the same time. One is the rise in demand. So everybody needs to produce more. So now we need more people to work. So we start hiring. But at the same time, people are leaving. So we have these two forces hitting us. And there's not much that you can do when someone decides that they want to leave. You know, they have a well-paying job. Actually, they were our, our people are earning more now than they've ever been. And they earn really well compared to the average in the country. Like they earn by production. So if they're, you know, most people earn by production. If they're producing well, they're earning more money and they're doing really well. But they still have the incentive to leave because they've, they've been told wrongly or rightly, I really don't know, that they can pass, they can cross the border through, you know, to the United States and that they can earn, you know, 10 times more than what they earn in Nicaragua. There's a lot of, and the truth is that a lot of people left and they were finding jobs relatively easily. Like they would leave and two weeks later they would call down and they would say, yes, I have a job, come up there. Yeah, it could be in constructions, in service, in whatever. Yeah, because none of the Americans wanted to work anymore after the pandemic. That was the problem. They were yeah. all getting checks and no one felt like going back to work. Hiring was a nightmare post-pandemic still is some, some, somewhat of a nightmare so you have this bonchero the best bonchero we could have 20 years of experience and he comes to you and say look i'm leaving i have a friend that's gonna host me you know in wherever in the united states and i mean no don't leave how do you convince someone whose interest is to bring more uh, you know betterment for their family because they're gonna earn more money they're gonna send more money back to their family to say not to leave we try to do our best to convince them we tell them about the risks People are drowning, crossing the river. People are being sequestered by the by the cartels and the and the uh, and the maras in Mexico and Guatemala. And people are getting people are dying crossing, but people just pack their things and leave. Um, unfortunately, so we had these two waves hitting us in terms of labor, but at the same time, there's more demand for cigars. Hence, there's more demand for tobacco. But tobacco, as you well know, we were working with the tobacco that was grown two years ago. We didn't know that this was going to happen. So there was a tightness in the availability of tobacco. Um, so everybody struggled. I think right now we're getting stabilized because we're already working with the New Year's crop and everybody's growing their you know, tobacco production. And then you add to that the problems with packaging materials and with everything else because... You know, there is no ink, there is no paper, there's no carton, there's no wood, there's no hinges, there are no containers to bring your materials from wherever you're bringing them to Nicaragua. Oh, and there are no containers to get the product out of Nicaragua. And on top of that, there are no airlines to fly out of Nicaragua to, you know, take the product to, to the United States. So it, it was a compounding of situations that made 2021 a really tough year to go through good year because it was a historic year record year but tough none the least um we still haven't to your question abe we still haven't stabilized yet i think we're getting better i think product is getting more readily available hopefully in good quality from everyone because that's always the, the big concern right everybody starts rushing production that's what happened in the 1990s and uh suddenly quality starts to suffer you know Cigars haven't been aged enough. Tobacco has been, hasn't been fermented enough and all that. Uh, so I know that 
some retailers and some companies are reporting more products, less back orders and that, but we still do have some challenges because the demand is still high, is still running high. We thought that it was going to be a, you know, one year thing, still high. And then we have the Europe, you have the rest of the world that basically there is a huge shortage of cigars from other countries that used to be common in other regions. There is simply no cigars, in this case, no Cuban cigars in Europe. So the Europeans are desperate to get cigars. There are literally no Cuban cigars available in the market. Uh, and uh, demand is creeping up there too. So we're seeing astronomical growth rates in some countries where demand used to be very stable, like you know Germany, Switzerland. So you're having all these forces pulling you up uh, from, from all the sides. So it's interesting. It's interesting, and we we're looking forward to see how this things evolves and stabilizes for the future. The, the, I think the most important thing is that this is not necessarily a, a tide that rose and is going to be, come down. I think everybody feels that we've moved towards a new threshold in where everybody's enjoying more cigars, and I think that ultimately is, is great for everybody. It's interesting, Juan. You mentioned uh, ink. You know, a lot of people know that, you know, boxes were an issue and have become an issue. But uh, you're not the first person I've heard mention that ink has become a problem. I mean, you can't get ink to print. You can't get ink to print. You can get paint to paint your boxes or to paint whatever you paint. Like there was there was a moment last year where prices of paint were going up at a rate of 10 percent per month because shipping costs were so crazy to bring the paint from, you know, from Asia or from wherever they were bringing it. And it's all shipping costs, right? You used to take, it used to cost you about $3,000 to bring a container from China. It was costing us $26,000, $30,000 to bring a container from China. Wow, you know, it's, it, it was crazy. Uh, and it's, it's, that still hasn't been solved. It was a moment last year where we didn't have any wood because some of the wood that we use for boxes is not necessarily locally grown. Um, so it comes from different places. And the containers with the wood spent a month, one whole month in queue, in line in the Panama, in the Panama Canal, because there were so many ships passing through that the ships couldn't pass. Uh, and production, we had a launch, a, a very big introduction last year of a brand called Doscientos, that it was supposed to be launched in August. Um, and it was delayed for about three months simply because the container containing the, the accessories for the boxes was delayed in the Panama Canal for two months. <laughs> so, Kevin Sheehan, you read my mind. I was going to say, we know, yeah, that, we pain. Felt that, pain we know that pain very, very, very well. In fact, there'll probably be a uh, Advent calendar sale, Christmas and July sale coming up. <laughs> Yep, we know that pain. Listen, it's not just our industry. Uh, it, this is no, no, no. It's automobile. Yeah, yeah. It's this, it's that. Yeah. It's part chicken wing. Price of chicken wings is through the roof. I mean, you know, eating chicken wings Me? is like filet mignon sure, right it's, now. It's, it's cheaper to buy shrimp. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. exactly. I mean, my question is, does this ever go back, or does it just flatten out and wait for everything to catch up? where it's like normal I, I don't see this going back i don't see things changes i don't think prices going down um and, and let's face it you know some people are just strictly just gouging because they can at this point in some industries i know it um there's also become this the the, the standard of less service is acceptable 
right? Go yes. to any hotel yeah. room now. It's not like, oh, we'll clean your room. Oh, for your safety, you let us know if you would like your room cleaned. Right. You know, that's not you're worried about my safety because there's 8,000 oh, people in the lobby sucking face at the same time. That's just the, the lower standard of service has now become acceptable. You know, I don't understand because I can't make a call to any company without being on hold for a minimum of 20 to 30 minutes, right? And then they got the balls where they'll tell you it can be up to 90 minutes, right? Yet we're still answering <laughs> the phones as soon as they ring. And if they don't, I go ballistic. How is this standard acceptable? I mean, but I, I just don't. I, 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 was, I, was, I was thinking about that exactly last night because I was driving through the Managua and I saw an ad of what has become the most popular restaurant in the city. It's actually not a restaurant. It's a delivery service. Like you don't go to the place. It's like a, you order an app and, and that's the best, the most popular thing. And I'm like, what? I haven't even tried it. But at the same time, where is this, you know, where is this experience going to? You know, it's in a packed, you know, cardboard box that brings you to the home, cold shit. Sorry for the language. Cold food. And it, where does it get us, you know? And, and flying back to, I went to TAA a few weeks ago. Rafael, by the way, good to see you, my friend. Um, and flying back, it was exactly the same thing. Oh, don't take off your mask. We're not serving because of, you know, we're not serving water because of security, health measures. It's right. Like, oh, you know, That's it's not what it is. And they think they're fooling people. You, you know, it's a complete, like, hypocrisy if you're really trying to be safe because everything's going around that's not safe. So just, think, you know. Serve the food, clean the room, you know. Um, Give me a drink on I a plane. A, I, <laughs> I think I think there's one, and, and I have to be more positive than than, and I'm trying to bring more positive light into my life, more like Paul has probably <laughs> positive feelings. Um, like man, if you're going to a cruise, enjoy yourself, man. If you're gonna be jumping on a trampoline in the middle of the ocean, that's a one in a lifetime experience, man. So enjoy it, <laughs> but. Paul Paul is what we like to call a mush, right? Is an expression. Like, no matter what it is, Paul will find a way to say that this is something for me to complain about. That's the way you know it. <laughs> you know it, too. Because I, I tell Paul, shut up. Don't even talk to me about it. All the time. You need, Juan is right. You need to look, continually find a way to look at the cup as being half full, not half empty. I, but that's only here. In my in my life, I'm very optimistic and friendly and nice. Oh, I've been out to dinner with you. I've been surprised. You're the same person. Please, I was a delight at dinner that time. That last time we went to dinner, <laughs> although you did say we should we need to do it again, and we said we wanted to repay the the you know because you guys you guys uh, bought. Yeah, I believe I believe we're waiting on the invitation still. We've I've invited you twice. Really? Yeah. Must you you. You ignore my text messages sometimes. When it has to do with getting together, you ignore me. I'll be like, "Hey, are you and are you and Asher going over to the barber shop today? Because I may take Axel." And then I don't hear back from you. I'm like, "Oh, well, what the hell? I thought this was no, his day." No, I text you back. I said, "I just saw this. We're nowhere near there, whatever." But yeah, no, get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, I don't see, I don't see a but, world, I don't see a world where it's going back to normal. And it's unfortunate, you know. Listen, I'm, I'm almost glad, you know, that I don't know that. I'm not going to be around that much longer because they were just talking. I was listening to something the other day. You know, the days, they say the days of network television are coming to an end, right? It won't be too long where there'll be no more NBC, ABC, CBS. They even say streaming will end up suffering. Do you know where everybody's going? Not not our generation, not the one a little bit younger, but like TikTok. Our, our kids' generation, no. TikTok. The metaverse. 
Oh okay. yeah. That's they're yeah, going that's, on there, wanted... they're watching concerts on there. Instead of going to each other's houses, they're just getting on there and hanging out. And they're saying that this next generation of young kids, all the stuff that we grew up with, they don't even care about, won't even know how to acknowledge, won't even deal with it. Maybe I could go on the cruise on the metaverse. Everything will exist in the yeah, they'll charge you good for it too. Right. Everything will exist in the metaverse. It's just weird. It's yeah. funny because the internet opened up the world and now it seems like it's closing the world in again, right? Like making it smaller again where people don't travel and that's that's kind of scary. Well, at the end of the day, all you can do is control how you live your life. So live your life the best you can and enjoy it. Agreed. Kevin, I'm going to leave that for one of my kids to do, buddy. I'll leave that for one of my kids to do. <laughs> That'll my... be uh, that'll be Zane that does that. I can't. You should see these customer service emails. Half these guys can't even figure out how to change your password. You want me to create a metaverse for them? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. You know how many times I can't break. Um, click on the forgot password link, and you should be fine. <laughs> and this guy wants me to create a metaverse for them. <laughs> Anyways, look, we got a lot more stuff with Juan after the break. We're going to talk about. This cigar right here is going to be hitting the, the universe uh, in a couple of weeks, less than a couple of weeks. We're about a week away. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk a little yeah. bit about more, more about that. We are going to have the Scoop with Coop, as always. Name that jam by our cigars. And, of course, our newest segment to the show, Would You Rather? And we have a very special edition this year of uh, this week of Tale of the Tape. Um, all this coming up in hour number two, so don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Celebrating 85 years of success, the Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua is a tribute to the outstanding accomplishments the brand has achieved since their inception. Receiving multiple awards such as the number two cigar of the year in 2021 for Cigar Aficionado, 2021's Best Cigar for Cigar Snob Magazine, and three more prestigious awards. The Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua comes from the creative minds of Rafael Nadal, AJ Fernandez, and the Grupe de Maestros. This full-body Nicaraguan Puro pays homage to the original tobaccos that were used in the very first Monte Cristo cigar that was ever produced. Flavor notes you'll detect while smoking this gem are pepper, cedar, and chocolate, which pairs perfectly with a cappuccino. No matter what four sizes you pick, this classic smoke will send you on a trip down memory lane and all the way back to 1935. Paul! Paul, 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 Paul! What are you doing? Uh, enjoying some Bonner private wine. I'm doing viral marketing for our friends at KMAWines.com. Bonner Private Wines, they, they sell uh, some really great Argentinian wines that you can't get anywhere else. And if you go to KMAWines.com, you can get a discount and join their Wine of the Month Club. Discount on shipping, discount on product, just because you're KMA viewers and listeners. So check it out, KMAWines.com. I'm going to do some, I'm just staying in the circle. I'm not like, uh, you know, drinking and driving. This is just viral marketing, letting these neighbors over here know what we're doing. But take a sip. I'm going to just, whoop. KMAWines.com. 
also proud of that new commercial. He's going to play it every week. I like it. It would sound better if you had the mic. Listen, man, I can't control uh, what's taken away from me. We'll send it back to you. Where's one? You were there. You were there. You were there with us when we were packing. I just want to remind you. You, you said, let me the take these. You said, get let me the, take these. Get the fuck out of here. You, you could have took the mics. I have I witnesses. You only needs one. Who's your witnesses? Uh, the Newmans. They were there. <laughs> the Newmans. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, so before we get <laughs> talking about the Ninjarago wine, we have a very special segment we start top of the hour two every week. Um, it's called Name That Jam by Avo Cigars. Now, this will be interesting because I don't even know what was selected this week. But we're going to test your musical acumen. All right. What, what's your favorite jo- yeah, <laughs> What's what's your in Spanish your, or English? It's in English, buddy. Sorry. Oh, I man. thought about what, that. You could have got us something in Spanish. I, I what is he gonna talk. do in Spanish? He's gonna pick Ricky Martin or something. Nah, I'm gonna pick <laughs> the social club. That's my Spanish jams. Uh, okay. <laughs> what, what's your what 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 genres of music do you like? Just to be curious. Well, I did a, a, a lot of Spanish rock, Spanish speaking, or or you know. Latin American rock. Uh, I do also a lot of English uh, or American rock too. Uh, not heavy rock, uh, more like, like classic. Know. Yeah, Pearl Jam stuff like that. Oh, well, right. classic for me. I don't know if it's classic for you. Well, no, it's not classic. It's a little more grunge. All right. Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna play a three-second snippet. To see if you can recognize this song in three seconds. We're gonna see if Juan Martinez of Hoyt Nick Rock can name that jam. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you another shot. Hey, this has movie cred- credibility. I'm surprised you didn't I figured you would have got this right away. Um, Joe Cocker? Is it Joe Cocker? Well, let's but find it's not out. Like with a little help from my friends, is it? No, no, no. You ready? Come on, you got to guess. Juan, you no, got anything? No, 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 I gotta even try, man. I was gonna say Joe Cocker. Stop. Yeah, Bob Seeger, but it sounds like a Joe Cocker song. It's like on the you're, tip of my tongue. You're good oh, on I Joe see. Cocker, but not the right, not the right song. P- play it. Let me hear it. Get Paul. You want to hear the clip yeah, again, or you want the result? Okay, the re- the result, the reveal. Yeah, let's reveal. Okay. Yeah. Okay, totally now out. I hear it. Right, yeah. Feeling all right. Well, that was a good one. Well, Juan Martinez, yeah. you were unable to name that jam. This segment no, brought to you no, by our good no. friends over at Owl Cigars, making music with cigars continuously. Thank you, Juan Martinez. I'm getting good. Is that the, did you just write them a new tagline? 
You like that? I just made that off the top of my head. That's good. Copy. You get, you get very inspired, Abe. You get very inspired on Saturday mornings, man. You got a couple of things there. Best way to start your Saturdays. So, um, Hoya de Nicaragua will be dropping nationally once again. Ninjaragua. Hoya de Nicaragua, Ninjaragua, Cigar Dojo, Ninjaragua will be dropping again, once again, nationally on April 15th. We'll be doing a live virtual event with our man here, Juan Martinez. Juan, for anybody who missed this, this is the second rendition, right? Yes, sir. I get confused with all the releases we're involved with. This is the second rendition of this cigar. For anybody who didn't catch it the first time around, why don't you give our listeners a little brief history about the development of this cigar? Because I love the name. I love the theme. I love everything the guys did about it. And you could tell us a little bit about this blend, too. Well, it all started back in sometime around 2013, 2014, when we were in the middle of the cigar safaris. So the safaris were this beautiful programs, fantastic programs that Drew State developed uh, of bringing people down to Nicaragua and, and enjoying the cigar making lifestyle, you know, cigar culture. They would come down for three or four days to Nicaragua and they would spend time with us, with Drew State. They would tour the factories, tour the, the, the tobacco plantations, processing, and they would spend a whole day with us at Hoya Nicaragua. We learn a lot about the history, the process. It would talk a lot. It was Great, great, great times. We had hundreds of groups coming over to Nicaragua, to Esteli, basically uh, in about five, you know, almost 10 years, I think, that the, the safari lasted. But in one of those groups, uh, we, we always got, you know, media, cigar smokers, retailers, clubs, and, and the dojo team started coming down. I think they came every year. They would come, the community, they would come to Nicaragua. And as part of this experience that people would have during the cigar safaris we would have the 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 blending session the joya de nicaragua blending session and it was a moment almost three to four hours uh in the afternoon that we would spend some time you know experiencing the nicaraguan tobacco the nicaraguan leaf we would showcase the different attributes of the nicaraguan grown tobacco from different regions from esteli from jalapa from condega we would contrast we would compare we would smoke we would touch and at the end of the session people were able to blend their own blends their own personal blends supposedly with what they have learned you know from from the cigar making process and and, and the attributes of each leaf and the role that the viso plays in providing the flavor and the ligero in the strength and the seco in the aromas and how the tobaccos combine it was a very immersive experience in in cigar making and any, anybody who came down can remember how fun it was because it's one thing to actually smoke the cigar and the other one is to understand and appreciate go what goes behind the process of making that cigar and blending you know touching the tobaccos chewing the tobaccos burning the leaf before making it in a cigar to recognize what will be the positive and the negative aspects of each leaf is, is a fantastic way of really appreciating what a cigar gives you. This is a general, you know, a general proposition of, of trying to understand the product before actually putting it in your mouth and, and smoking it out and burning it to ash. So we had this, the great opportunity of having the dojo guys, Eric and the team coming down to Nicaragua a few times. And one of those sessions, I think it was somewhere between 2015 and 2016, we started, you know, 
giving them some special stuff. We would blend together a special blend that was exclusively for the dojo guys. It would give them samples. Generally, they would there would be only samples until one time we said, you know, let's let's do it. Let's do this uh, more open uh, for the, the dojo community, the dojo verse, the dojo world. And let's open it up. And we started working on a blend. Uh, they made it. We sort of improved it. We sent it over. They smoked it. They went back and they changed it. And they did all this process until we had a blend together. And you were looking for, you know, a fun cool name that would reflect the the combination of the three parties how how drew estate brought the dojo guys to us and they connected to us so it was like this trifecta of parties that that we would come together and and enjoy and be part of the shows and part of the community and part of the app and all this um and we thought about naming it one of the guys actually named that hoya ninjarawa you know i'm at the ninjarawa it makes sense you know the whole dojo concept uh with with this and so that's how hoya ninjarawa came to be as a brand and it comes actually in a triangle shape uh packaging to reflect this you know the 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 three the three vertices drew estate dojo cigar dojo and hoya nicaragua coming together to to blend this so after a few years we came out with it in 2020 exclusively via smoking I think it went out to to sell really, really quick, faster than we had anticipated. I think in the first day or a few hours had been sold out. And uh, it, we gave it out with some cool swag. We had some ninja stars coming as a collector's item, uh, you know, personalized ninja stars that were part of the, the purchase. So it went really well. And we, you know, we were part of it. We are part of the Dojoverse app in the community we saw that people were continuing to smoke and they were oh you know i love the cigar so we decided to bring it back this year this year we are not introducing any new brands at hoya nicaragua so last year wow. was the last year that we actually did a new brand as a brand uh for a, for a, for a variety of reasons one being that we don't want to mess things up because right now it's very different difficult to bring new stops to market and the second part is that we want to strengthen what we already have, the partnerships that we already have, the brands that we already have. So, you know, Antonio Sete has been doing phenomenally well in the United States, and we're strengthening that. We're strengthening our, our Numero Uno brand. That's our best-selling cigar worldwide. Uh, we're giving a lot of love to that, making sure that people get the cigar. So we're not we're trying to avoid distracting ourselves with new stuff making sure that everybody gets our product with one exception and and this is where we ninjarawa comes in we decided that we wanted to exp, you know um bring gratitude to the dojo community to the dojo verse by bringing the second edition to uh to them so two years after the original one we're launching the the hoya ninjarawa this time for easter last time was i think was for Black Friday or close to Black Friday, something like that. Um, this time we're bringing it to you via smoking exclusively. Uh, it's only 550 packs of six. So it's a very, very limited run for us. We don't do much of this. Actually, we don't do it at all, except with, uh, with, with the dojo guys. So we're very thankful for the friendship, the, the community. I personally value the dojo community highly because it was one of the first 
spaces in which I got personally engaged in the cigar community, being from Nicaragua, these guys were, you know, they were super open, super cool, very inclusive, very, you know, they were fun. They were fun. They were not, they were not the typical, or I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say typical, but I think exclusive clubs where you can't cut in, you know, right. they, they become very popular nowadays where you have to, you know, you're limited and you can't come in if you're not part of the group. These guys weren't like that. And I think that openness and that camaraderie, camaraderia in Spanish. I think that's, that's pretty English. much, that's, you were closer in yeah. Spanish than the <laughs> camaraderie. Right, camaraderie. I felt it personally and we're very thankful and we're very proud to be part of them and partnering up with them. So, so Ninjarawa, that's it. It's, it's, it's a cool a, name. It's not only just a cool name, the whole branding behind the package. In fact, we got a picture of some of the cool swag that's being made for this event uh, that we have coming up. It's the launch event is Friday, April 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, every pack that you buy of the Hoya de Nicaragua Ninjaragua will get the Chinese star. And um, we've got a couple cool raffles. We'll, there'll be a special pricing and swag. I think it's like five free cigars with any regular production Hoya de Nicaragua. We're also going to give away that special uh, wine door. Mojito Nicaragua, and these pretty cool. I mean, last year was a ninja sword. So how do you tap a ninja yeah. sword? I have the ninja sword <laughs> yeah. up here. They made Subculture Studios made Ninjaragua nunchucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, handmade, handmade, man. It's like they look gorgeous. Somebody gonna get hurt. I was just gonna say they're not out in the office somewhere, are they? You haven't seen them yet. I haven't, I haven't seen them yet, good. but I can concur that they are. They're like handmade. They were saying when I was talking to Ryan, like they couldn't just get nunchucks. They had to make them. They hand carved <laughs> them. That, that's going to be a pretty, pretty. I don't cool. know if they're legal anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. By the way, do you still have the original sword, Dave? It's you have the sword? Right here on my shelf. I have nice, little, nice. See if I can tilt this monitor a little bit. Get them up in there. Mm -mm -mm. Right there oh there you go right nice there oh, i see the red yeah right there yeah cool i'm still yeah. waiting for mine wait, since 2020. wait yeah. i think i have the sword no that's the ninjarago sword you got another you got no, another sword. i think that's the sun yeah. dog sword. i think that's the sun dog sword wait a minute oh is that the sun dog sword yeah wait yeah oh. how did he we did have done too many, too, too many, too many swords. I think I have the Ninjaragua sword. Oh shit! There you go. There it is. There's a Ninjaragua. Wow. You're right. That was a Sun Dog sword. That's the Sun Dog sword. I, 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 I got a lot of swords floating around here. Was, I got yeah. That, what a. Where's that one? It hangs. It used to hang right above the shipping guy. Say so it's still there. It hangs on the on the mount. It's got a mount on the wall. No, that's what a strange sword. office. Did that say Dojo or Ninjaragua anywhere on it? Oh, you know what? It might not. No, that sword is. It has to Don, say. Yeah. That sword is from Don McKnight. He sent it to ah, the lab. Ah. So where's the okay. Ninjarago? Wait, I'm confused. Was there a Ninjarago sword last year? I'm, I just yes, there was. A, there was an Ninja. Yes, yes, there was an Ninjarago. I don't know who has it or whom, who has no, them. Wait, 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 I don't think there was a sword. I think there was a gong. It was a gong. No, I don't even have a gong. We're going to keep this the rest of the show. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna ask someone. Who knows? Don't worry. It was a gong, Alex. You're right. It, it was, was a gong. gong. It was a gong. It was a, it, was a, it was a gong. They had the thing. That's right. 
Man, Allison, I got you know, 25 years of Swiss cheese up here, man. It's, and you got a lot of stuff up there, too. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, your collection, your memorabilia collection is pretty cool. Oh, other side. Hey, hey, AJ, hey, listen, AJ says other side. Is it above you straight ahead? There was one on the wall there. there it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a big gong. It's a big, all right, I got to get it. There was a. I do remember that there is something hanging like that, like a gong in his nope. in his office. I'm not even gonna try to get it. <laughs> I, took, I took one look at it. And I'm like, that's a catastrophe waiting to happen. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to get it. But no, it's a big gong. It's like this big. Yeah. It's it's AJ AJ smokes those in my office better than me. It's on this wall. But you know what's funny is, I never planned to have like a memorabilia, a history, a shelf of history, <laughs> and um. I, it started late in my career, and I just started it. But I can't tell you probably all the thousands and thousands of things that I just let go over the years. I probably could have filled this whole office with stuff over the years of cool stuff that I really collected it all. I think that's what Lou Rock. Well, now that you have a K, K, KMA wine, you should have KMA, KMA collectibles, man. You I, should I, auction I, them off. We can't get any KMA wine. Paul keeps drinking it all. <laughs> We got on one golf. shipment, and I shared it with you. I'm trying to get more. I talked to him this week. He goes on golf cart rides. Do you, do you understand that you guys are talking about getting getting product and resources from, like, major areas that ship all the time? And their wine comes from the hill, the, the mountains in Argentina where, like, they can't – there's no, like, trucks that can go up and down some of these mountains. So they, like – Literally have like wheelbarrows with donkeys bringing them to an area where where uh, trucks can get them. That's why they they're not on the mass market. Some of these wines, so they they're having shipping issues too. What does uh, that have are to do they good? A bottles of wine. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. What's that? What's that have to do with getting a couple bottles of wine? I'm saying they don't want to give up the product that they have for giveaways right now when they have to still like fulfill production uh, fulfill orders that they have. They're back ordered. It's not giveaways. It's called marketing and advertising. Literally. Oh, that's what they have me for. They're all these brand new commercials I come out with every yeah, week. Little do they know. <laughs> little do they know. So, one, this is now, and I, I, I didn't really find out about that this was coming out till um, earlier this year. Is Are we looking for this now to be an annual drop? I'm not sure if an annual dro drop depends on, you know, how how people are appreciating it, but I think it's going to be something that should be probably next, next, we actually came out with a name for, for the, the, the different version of it with the dojo guys last time and we didn't use it. So probably every couple of years, we'll probably have something special with them. Not every year, Very not cool. every year, but every, you know, year and a half or two years afterwards, we're going to be doing something different with them. But this 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 branding has life, and you see it going forward, and in, in, in maybe even yes. other iterations or variations of, of the cigar. Very cool. And the packaging's great too. It's a six pack. It's accessible. It's you know, if you never had it, you're not making a big commitment. And in, uh, I mean, it's just a great cigar. Hmm. Yes. So this diesel drop Friday, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join join us for a live virtual event it's at the Smoke In Facebook page. Juan will be there. The Dojo guys will be there. At the end of it, we'll have some great uh, items to raffle off, and we'll see who walks away with some very cool stuff. Friday, April 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Only 500, 500 and something bundles will be available. It's a, it's a total 6 by 50 
Only 500. That's all we got. Yes. We got, we got 500. I think maybe Drew Estate likes to bank a little bit. So No, we we, we say we save 50 for the dojo guys, for them. So yeah. I think that's the yeah. difference. Yeah. 500 came our way, so. Yeah, they, they must have gotten them this year because I remember last year I don't think they got any or they were calling us to get us get them them some. Yeah, so, we had to send them some. Yeah. yeah, so very cool. Will be multiple packs. What will be multiple packs? I don't understand. Is that a statement or a question? Maybe maybe she's asking if they can buy multiple packs. Why not? Five hundred of them, girl. <laughs> Put your order in now, Allison. She can't now. Don't don't do that, Paul. Because people are going to go there right now. Why would you even do that? Sorry, he doesn't, he doesn't put, your, put your order in when they go on sale. No, listen, I get the customer service email next to me. I'm waiting to see. Hey, I just went to the site. I didn't find the Ninjarago. I, I bet you it's going to start clicking in. There you go. Oh, it's out of stock already. It's sold out. What's the blend on that cigar? Didn't we already talk about this? I thought we did. Did Mark join us late? He might have. No, I, I think I, I think we didn't talk about the blend, but it's a... Uh, it's, uh, Blended by the dojo guys, it has some. It's a Nicaraguan wrapper, yo-yo wrapper, and uh, the filler is from four different regions in Nicaragua. So it's it's almost a Nicaraguan puro. The binder is a little bit different from another origin, but the filler is all from Nicaragua. It's a uh, I would say medium plus, more towards the the fuller than than the midpoint. Um, it's cool. It's a Nicaraguan. It's a Nicaraguan Hoya Nicaragua, but with the dojo twist. With a dojo twist. Well said. Yeah. Cigar dojo on the back. Oh, there you go. Yep. Very, very cool. All right. Well. And thank you, you thank you to you guys for 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 making it available to everybody through the smoke in. Uh, we, we know that it works well. So. Thank you. We 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 love projects like this. I mean, you know, I, we started our micro blend series back in. Well, we started working on it back in two thousand late two thousand eight, and. This is the fun stuff for us. I mean, you know, I mean, when we can get involved, whether it's by our design or we love working with the dojo guys, this could be maybe, we, I think we've done at least seven, maybe more um, collaborations. We, we did the fulfillment for them on, on one of their awesome projects. So um, always cool and fun stuff. And, and that's what we like. And Sean, yes, the seal starts Friday night. The sale starts during the event, 7 p.m. So. They'll go on sale, and that'll be that. Do we have Coop in the wings, Paul? We sure do. All right. Well, let's get – well, listen, I wasn't going to bring this up, but two people now have brought it up, Frank and uh, More than two, Abe. I, I, really caught, yeah. I caught it's it early. early and... But everybody's intrigued with the Playboy book behind you. <laughs> more than two people have mentioned. <laughs> is, that, is that a special I – get, I get... It's actually quite a cool book. Like it's uh, the playbook oh, yeah, book yeah. of cigars. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that is a cool book. See, all, well, those guys, all those guys were being perverts. They thought you had some kind of porn up there. It's a cigar book. No, it's a, it's a cigar book. Yeah, I get, I get that a lot. It's a playbook, but it's still not not a lot of nudes, to be honest. If you're looking for that, <laughs> not, this is not the book. This not is not the book for it's not the book for for nudes. <laughs> not a lot of them. <laughs> oh, no. that, that was no. uh, Neiman, the artist, was it? Uh, that that guy was Yes. The well, Marcus it's Neiman. forward by Leroy Neiman, Leroy but Neiman. The, the, the 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 book is by Aaron Sigmund. 
and Nick Kolakowski. Huh. So it's it, there's I a big chapter on Nicaragua. There's a big chapter on Nicaragua and, and Honduras. It's like the countries, and it's it's a cool book. I may I may have to go find me that book. That looks yeah. cool. Yeah. That looks cool. Well, now we've and it's a it's a it's a conversation started too when you have it in the background. Everyone's like, "That's true." Wow, you're a pervert, man. You're on live TV. Oh, I love the fact I saw it early on. I wasn't gonna live, but I saw one person make it, and then I saw the second one. But I guess oh, I've seen I've seen like nine or ten. Yeah, they were on it early. Oh, all right. Well, there you have it. All right. Uh, Amazon is gonna be blowing up with that book in a little bit, man. Seriously, everybody's gonna that book sales book. When, when we did the our, our 50th anniversary book, it's called uh, Cinco Decas, The Rise of the Nicaraguan Cigar, we did a huge research on all of the books that had been written about cigars that were available. So we had like this, um, you know, we have, this is a, a book that we found in an old Spanish, uh, you know, one of those shops near the street. It's called History of the Royal uh, tobacco cigar factories in Seville, Spain, one of the first tobacco. So this is the history of, of, of basically how cigars were rolled back in the, you know, post-colonial era. So we have a bunch of cool memorabilia books and, and documents of, of, uh, of cigar and cigar factories. I have that copy of that book you gifted me a couple of years ago. Yeah. I love it. I was just yeah. seeing where it was. It's up here on the shelf. <laughs> in the memorabilia section. In the memorabilia shelf. It's running on our shelves. I don't know if we can build another shelf in here. But uh, that being said, our man Coop is on deck. Let's bring him on. I'm sure he wants to talk with Juan and uh, give us updates on what happened this week in the cigar universe. Let's see what the scoop with Coop. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Koopa. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. Hey, hey Juan, Coop. how's it going? Good to see you, man. Yeah. You know, w um, where did you leave the, the nice uh, white room the last time? You were that was. Like I was. Uh, I remember. I was in. Um, I, I was in. I think uh, Arizona or New Mexico. Arizona. I was when when I did that last time with you. Mm -hmm. So it was like all white. Yeah. It was. A, it was a hotel room, and I was just trying to find a place to do the show that day. <laughs> Uh, now you are broadcasting from your Perdomo studio. Yep, I'm, 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 I'm in the home base here. Uh, Juan, that book that you just mentioned, that Cinco Decadas book, that is a very, I mean, that is a special book. I got to tell you, it's a book that I pick up time and time again. I mean, it, it tells the Hoya de Nicaragua story to the T. Uh, and if it's just, there's great articles, great pictures in that. And it, it's, it's something special. I, I do enjoy that book a lot. I appreciate it, man. And actually, it tells the Hoya Nicaragua story, but it tells a lot of the of the tobacco story, the Nicaraguan tobacco story. That's the yeah. history that we wanted to share. Sure, yeah. And that's why we went we went we went over to get a lot of old books to see how the history was portrayed. And one of the things that we found out that it was it tended to be very almost boring the way the history was told, you know, in a traditional way. So we wanted to do a spin, and instead of telling the story in a traditional way we wanted to tell the story through the lives of the people so we start focusing on you know how the founders how the first people that were working in tobacco how placencia evolved how he lived the history of the nicaraguan tobacco uh growth 
uh, and how everybody else did. So it's it's a cool book, and I appreciate you 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 reading it. Yeah, it's one you leave on the coffee table, and you could just like I said, pick it up time and time again, and it's a great reference. And uh, like I said, it's one of those books. I enjoy books like that where it's, I don't have to just read it once and put it down. It's one that you can just keep out there, and it keeps everything just fresh. So it's a great. It just was really well done. Um, and and that's that was very limited, right? That wasn't like an ongoing production. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it wasn't. That wasn't like a, you know, for sale type of thing. It was just more yeah. for us and giving it to friends and, yeah. and celebrating the 50th anniversary. Just yeah. you know, by by doing something different, something nice. Yep, yep. I can't believe 55 is right around the corner for you guys. Yeah, next year. Next year, yeah. So, so it, it, went fast. it went fast. It sure went fast. Yeah. 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 All right, Coop. What is the scoop this week? What you got? All right. We'll kick it off with um, the topic of responsible marketing has come up again this week. Yeah, it's not and, going away. Well, has it? Has um, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, you know, responsible marketing, it was a kind of a thing that started a couple months ago when actually back in February, the PCA. Um, you know, we're starting to make uh, awareness of the fact that there's cigars that are using characters, food and candy. Um, and at the time when that came out, it was considered kind of a soft approach. They said, well, you know, we just want to make people aware of it. We're not saying anyone's been doing it a lot, but, you know, a lot of people kind of saw that. And um, this week uh, there was an article that was posted uh, by the PCA on their website by Glenn Loop and Josh Havarsky. It was called Let's Not Candy Coat the Situation. And this article was definitely a much stronger tone. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people noticed this, but there, you know, there were words in there such as these things need to cease immediately. And now they have raised the thing, the, the topic of self-regulation, which was something that wasn't mentioned two months ago. So it, it's pretty clear that uh, they're, they're taking a stronger position um, as far as this goes. And it's going to be curious to see because apparently this is going to be something they're going to be discussing at the trade show. And I don't know if they're going to have a town hall forum or not, but I'm, I'm very I think it's going to be probably one of the more interesting seminars uh, if that is what they're going to do this year. Doesn't seem to be a topic that wants to die down on any level, huh? It's not. I don't think it is going to die down. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, and I, it's interesting because I, you know, there's all there's, there's stuff that's a, obviously egregious to this. And then there's that gray line stuff. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's something that I don't think it's going to go away. Interesting. Got yep. to check out that article. What else you got going on? Okay. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, George Rico from Grand Habano. Yes, and- we did. Yep, and we got a photo for this one. Um, and um, he was talking about a new extension to his Persian King line uh, called the Mod 60. Um, and this week, a lot more of the details and the photos have come out about that one. And I think, Paul, you have the photo as well. So this is uh, the Persian King. It's one of these like two-tone cigars. Uh, it features a natural wrapper and a uh, shade wrapper on the ends. It's kind of meant to be – it looks like a reverse – torpedo but remember george said this cigar was meant to be smoked from both ends so he designed this cigar specifically with the fact based on the leaf placements that you could smoke it from both ends whichever you choose on that it it doesn't matter which you can't i guess you technically can't always do that right because some cigars are just not meant to be smoked from the footer so i guess you get you get to decide on this as well um 
pretty reasonable price point, $7.60. And we can expect to see this um, come out next month. Looks like 60 caliber rounds. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. My question is, if you if you cut the, the round side, do you have to cut the the torpedo side? No. To, no, right? You just light it? Start lighting it. Yeah, you I mean, you could. You could. Um, there's some people who do, do that. I usually smoke it as it's a, you know, if that's how they put it, that's how I'll smoke it unless they tell me otherwise. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. What else you got going on, Coop? Oliva Cigars, uh, they have a limited edition uh, cigar coming out later this year. It's probably going to be after the trade show. Um, it pays homage to their factory, uh, Tabacalera Oliva SA. It's called the Tabalisa uh, Uno. And if you look at the picture here, um, you, this is a replica of the Oliva Tabalosa factory. And um, it's going to contain the Oliva Serie V cigar in the 5x54 double Robusto size. Um, and what you, if you look in here as well, each of them are going to be put into a coffin. And the coffin slide out of the unit. It's actually a really nice looking unit from uh, what I've seen with the picture. The catch is also with these cigars is... A few years ago, Oliva renovated their, they did an extensive renovation of the factory. They kind of overhauled it and expanded it, updated a lot of things. And the first cigars that were rolled, the first 10,000 cigars that were rolled, were those cigars that are now contained in this set. So you're going to be getting some aged cigars that have been aging for about three years. Um, and the, the, the first 10,000 to come out of that. Um, actually, the pricing for this was pretty reasonable. It was like, I, um, I mean, you're paying for the unit, obviously, but uh, $170 gets you the 10 age vintage cigars and the unit. So um, something to look forward to uh, later this summer. I've kind of liked the projects Aliva has been doing over the past year. I think this is so each fun. of those windows is basically a coffin that yes. comes out of there, I guess. Yes. Okay. And yeah. the door. Well, and the door. Yeah, and the door. yeah, and the door. And the door. Man, I I hope they pack that stuff right and well, man. I see a lot of crushing coming through. Well, you would know, right? You can see, yeah, you guys have done some things, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, they did, the, they did the advent calendars last year. They did their own advent calendars. Um, but this is a much more, I'd say, this is much more, uh, this is very different. This is more of a wood. wood it's definitely thing. intricate packaging, and uh, it's built well. It'll, it'll last. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing, last thing you want to do as a consumer is order one of those and get that crushed. Or even us as retailers getting them crushed delivered to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it kind of reminded me. Of, it gave When I saw the thing slide out, I kind of thought a little of the, the smoke-in advent calendar vibe a bit. But um, I'm sure they had this in the works for a while. All right. What else you got going on, Coop? One last story. We don't have a photo for this one, though, because they didn't send me one. Uh, E.P. Carrillo. Um is releasing a line extension to the Encore line. And this is the first regular production line extension for the Encore since it was released back in 2018. Uh, they're going with a basic 5x50 Robusto size, which they didn't have in there. It's called El Futuro. Um, there's going to be a limited run of 1,000 boxes available now. And come the PCA trade show, there's going to be uh, a regular production offering of this. So this is the fifth size of the Encore line. Um, they've also done a couple of limited ones, one for the TAA and one for the 10th anniversary. That's, uh, but that's not it, is it? Oh, I thought it was. Yeah. I think that's all of them together. 
New yeah, but that, and yeah, but I think those are the two limiteds and the four regular production. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I don't think they because I don't think they released the thing on this size as of yet. So that looks like that looks like the half wheel photo where they kind of take photos of, of all the ones that have come out so far. Possibly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and that's that, that. So that's what's happening in the world of um, news this week. A little slower than last week. Sometimes you got to have four weeks. Yeah. Can can I can I comment something on the four first uh, piece of the first story? Oh yes, sure. absolutely. So I just I don't want to get into the whole controversy of, you know, what's right or wrong in terms of naming and all that. I think there's very clear opinions on that. But I do want to pick up on something that I think it's, I I I think it's a bit dangerous and a bit undermining uh, this whole narrative that we needed to revive the industry that was dying or decaying or whatever expression you want to do it, you know, give it that we were all dinosaurs if we were doing it in the traditional way. And I have to pick up on that because we need to respect and we need to pay tribute to the hundreds of thousands of people that have been involved in, you know, in the business for many, many decades, you know, people that have been working their hearts, their souls and their asses off um, from from you guys, from Abe that's been in the business for so long, to my father that's been in the business for so long, to even our boncheros and to the roleras to say that our business was and that this concept came to revive it or bring life to it. I think it's a little bit misleading and uh, it's it's also irrespectful. And I think we have to be very careful in the way we communicate and create this narrative. Um, so I think that in this whole discussion of trying to bring new smokers in or making the industry more fun and more appealing to all that, we need to be aware that we're not inventing the wheel. We're not inventing the cold water. You know, we're not discovering something new. It has been done for a while and there have been great people who have changed the game and there are going to be more people that are going to change the game again. But we have to do it with respect and appreciation to the tradition, to the heritage and to the love that a lot of people have given into this business. So I wanted to say that because I felt that in the discussion there was there were subtle points that are not only dangerous, but that they were replicated constantly in the narrative of certain communities that I think they're not right and that they won't take us anywhere. I not think the discussion right. of they're not even they're the furthest from the tr truth line. Exactly. You exactly. know what I mean? What you're saying is on point. I don't think anybody who's really been in this culture and this industry thinks that anything was dying. This this business has been exciting and fun since I got in it 25 years ago. Us as a company, as well as many other companies, have found plethora of ways to keep the excitement and keep it interesting and maintain the proper dignity we need as it have as an industry. Anybody pushing this narrative that that you see out there that they're saving, they're changing it is nothing but pure, pure hubris. It's just hubris yes. of, of the utmost level, yeah. and it's the furthest from the truth. And it preys on the people who are just getting into this, who sadly are discovering the culture under false pretenses. We can only mm -hmm. hope that in time they become more educated and learn what's really going on and what this industry is really about. But these guys are, are preying on people. And, th and that's, that's the truth. There's no truth to that narrative. It's not only disrespectful, it's completely unfounded. 
Yeah, and, and, so and plus of that, and, and, and the notion that we were, you know, that cigar smokers are, uh, you know, they, they're exclusive, so people get intimidated. I, as a young person, came into this business as a relatively young person, and one of the first things that I caught, and the, the one of the reasons that I fell in love with this business was precisely the open, the openness, the warm-heartedness of cigar smokers all over the world, cigar makers, tobacco growers, cigar retailers, and the growth of this community has not been, you know, based on the exclusion of anybody. On the contrary, and I think anybody <laughs> that feels the love and the passion and 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 the and the drive to continue being in this business does it because we feel that sense of community and that gratitude and respect to each other. The fact that you guys sit here every Saturday morning talking about this, but entertaining also the people, you don't do it because you're making a lot of money out of it. You're not doing it because you're selling something new. You're doing it because you love it, man. You enjoy yourselves and you have built this great community around your business that has been part of a fundamental pillar of what we are, who we are today. So I really, really want to make sure that people, especially new smokers, as Abe said, uh, understand that, yes, coming into cigars is not easy. Coming into cigars is not easy as easy, it isn't easy coming into anything else. Smoking, drinking, driving, whatever you're into, you know, getting to a hobby, a new hobby. You, it's a learning process and it's intimidating by nature. When you're learning something from scratch, it's intimidating by nature. But that, that doesn't mean that the rest were doing it wrong, you know. So I, I, I feel that we need to bring back the respect for our elderly. I, I felt I felt it personally, you know, when I think about my father, when I think about Lionel, Mario, who spent 40, 50 years in this business. Uh, and anything that we do today is thanks to them. The greatness that we feel, the ability to enjoy great cigars today, wherever they come from, it's thanks to the people that have dedicated their life to it. So I think that they deserve their respect and we need to to continue in that line at least. So I just wanted to show that beyond the, the, the controversy uh, that may arise regarding, you know, the naming and all that stuff. No. Yeah, Juan, I'm so glad you mentioned that because so many people haven't talked about what you just said about, you know, this is not a dying industry. You're, you're, you're in... Look, I could look at the work you guys did around the 50th anniversary, how exciting that was. Abe, I look at what you've done with things like the Advent Calendar Project and the Micro Blends. This is no signs of a dying industry in my book. This is a, this is a vibrant industry right now, we're seeing. And, and that's I said, that's what kind of gets all of us up in the morning to do what we do, whether it's making cigars or doing talking about it like we do here. It's all an untrue narrative. It's, yeah. It's a narrative yeah. that preaches on the new that – Will help that, that in fact creates segregation, right? It doesn't unite anything. You're, you're creating a conflict that doesn't exist. This is the most loving, giving industry I've ever been exposed to. Yeah. Even industries that I weren't in, just yeah. I just know about. Yeah. Um, it truly is. I see it all day in our shops how we welcome new people. You're right. Isn't it, it, it is intimidating? It's intimidating until you open your mouth. Nine out of ten times, the second you start talking to anybody in a cigar shop, everything yeah. becomes very comfortable. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah, especially for somebody like me who's kind of on the outskirts of it, I've never I've never felt unwelcome by any of the of the cigar manufacturers. And I'm talking like you know guys like Juan, guys like you know people that head companies that have started companies. Everybody, I mean, half these guys give us hugs when we see them. Like it's a yeah. very open nature, and I'm a very outskirt person in the industry. You know, I'm just here. I don't I don't work in the business. I enjoy it, but yeah, I absolutely don't feel intimidated. 
ever. It, it, all these our stories are, cre are are created to develop a narrative to either downplay or upplay themselves, downplay something else, and create some kind of savior messiah complex that doesn't exist. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And I do believe, listen to me, you can't live a lie. I mean, they caught Bernie Madoff, right? Everybody gets caught. Eventually, you know, things find its way to rectify itself, and it, and it will happen in time. Yeah, it will. It will. It will happen. But thank you for the opportunity. I have a, a quick question for Coop. Yes. Um, given that it's a slow week on, on, on news, what is your take on what's coming? Maybe not necessarily in terms of product. I know you 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 have a very keen insight on what's happening in the industry, but I'm very curious to know from your opinion, how do you th see things moving forward in the next, you know, the next the, the continues of this year? I won't talk about 2023 or anything, but do you think this um, the industry will continue to move forward solidly? You'll see demand, uh, what you hear from from the street and and from other people. Do you feel that things are going to continue, or there's uh, you know, mixture of feelings. What's your take on what's the future, the near future of our business? Well, that's a great question, Juan. I don't think the, the, the future is unhealthy. Um, as far as what we've seen, some of the rapid growth and some of the, you know, sales, the thing that's concerning me the most is the inflation that we're facing. I know we were just talking about some of these things earlier on in the show. And I wonder how that's eventually going to affect buying patterns. And, I don't think people are necessarily going to give up cigars, but the question is, are they going to still maybe smoke the same cigars as they're smoking or go to some uh, options that are, you know, more affordable, you know, maybe instead of buying a box now, they'll buy some singles. So I think there's going to be a correction happening, but I think there's a, a healthy pipeline of products we're going to see over the next 12 months that are going to keep people interested. Um, I just don't know necessarily if we could keep up the rates that we saw in 2020 and 2021, which I think there was some extraordinary and unique circumstances with that. But by no means, I don't think we're, we're heading into a, uh, I don't think we're heading into a, um, a bust here. I don't think the bubble is going to bust. I just think it's going to probably slow down a bit. We've seen a little bit, maybe a bit in the first quarter already. Interesting point of view. I don't know if that answered your question or not, but I, I... <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. What do you think, Abe? I think Coop's kind of on point. I think uh, 20, the beginning of this year, uh, things are starting to level off. Um, like I said, there there is no boom that no matter what that stays at, at, at the level or the growth. And all you can hope for is at some point it levels off better than it was before. And I think that's what we're going to experience. Yeah. I, I think that, I think we did see a lot of new people get introduced to cigars over the past two years, and I don't think they're going away from them either. No, so but, I think that that has helped a lot. But the the reality of a lot of people going back to work and be, and not having the time and availability to smoke as much as they did is also coming to effect. So their yeah, so their purchase power may level off, but they'll still it'll still be a part of their lives when it yeah. wasn't before. Yeah. I you know it's funny because we we moved into this neighborhood and. I've introduced maybe four guys to their first cigars here, but like a couple of the dads from the, from Axel School, we get together now with the golf carts. <laughs> we, we drive to like a common area of one of our houses and we sit out back and we just, you know, drink bourbon and smoke cigars. And, and it's cool for me because I get to introduce, I you know, it's weird that I'm the cigar guy, but, you know, I get to introduce them to a lot of brands and things that they, they normally wouldn't know about. So it's, it's been a, it's been a cool uh 
educational process for me and them learning what they like, but it's the same type of thing. Like since the pandemic, they're like, you know, I picked up one of these recently and I just really enjoy cigars. My, my dad used to smoke them and I never touched them. And so I, I definitely see it just in my small circle of friends that the guys that, you know, they'll, they smoke one cigar and then they, they come back and they have a, a 10 pack of something. And they're now they're smoking on a regular basis. And people want to learn about this stuff. This came up a little earlier. What Juan was saying I mean, there, this, there's definitely a quest for knowledge at different levels, whether it's maybe a small bit or maybe going deeper, but I've seen the newer people that all want to learn a lot more. And then when they learn a lot more, some of them get very interested in this. Uh, it's, it's like wine and spirits. Yeah, it yeah, really is the, yeah, the same yeah. type of thing. It's an art form, yeah. obviously, as you guys know, but yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, this week we have a very special edition of Tale of Tape. Do we even want to run the intro for this, or should we just go right yeah. into it, Alex? I just like the intro. Well, let's go ahead and play Tale of Tape, season four. All right, Paul, I'm going to let you lead the conversation. You can pick the order in which we go, we go here. All right, so this week, uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, we're going to have a special edition. And this week we decided uh, that we're going to do the best candy. So the best candy, that includes everything, candy bars, anything that's out there, which makes for a very eclectic mix of choices. So, I mean... Abe, do you want to start because you have two picks, and I don't understand how that works? So get I'm that out have of the two way. Picks, so I'm going to have an honorable mention if that's all right with you, Paul. Oh, all right. Well, you didn't explain that, so I saw two picks. And Alex, you're well, on. Go mute. ahead. Obviously, thank God. Probably. Anyways, yeah, I didn't um, get an honorable mention. Well, you didn't think of it. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> I told you you couldn't have one. Everybody always wants to. Everyone always wants to punish the innovator, right? The guy who thinks of something. <laughs> you know, I just wanted two picks. Yeah, exactly. Listen, this wasn't easy as I as I delved down into it, right? I had I had um, Heath Bar up there. I had Almond Joy. I had uh, whatchamacallit. I don't even know if they still make whatchamacallit. Yeah, they do. You can get them, yeah. Yeah, whatchamacallit, another great cigar. But ultimately, as far as bar-wise, I had to go with classic. It goes way back. Um, and my pick was the 100 grand. That's a great, that's a great, great, great pick. Great it's pick. like a Rice Krispie treat loaded with caramel top with chocolates. I mean, it is, and it's long to eat, man. You'd be chewing it, smacking it. It's a great, great bar, but I had to give an honorable mention because for me, this is like the ultimate wrapped candy oh. is the resin. These things are like addicted. I, I can finish a whole bag upon opening them. It's beautiful. Uh, Chewy caramel and rich chocolate, and, and the combination is unbelievable. That and chocolate just creates like a the a, perfect like a combination of that caramel. Mouth. I'm telling you, and you know that bag doesn't last ten minutes in my house. Gets yeah. torched. So that's my honorable mention as a wrapped candy. But 100 grand was my pick for you know top candy bar. I'll go next because I'm going to catch a lot of crap. But this was really hard for me because. I normally say to people, I don't consider something a dessert or candy unless it has chocolate in it. But I, I tried to say to myself, if I could pick any type of candy right now, what would I pick? Like what, or what do I go to no matter what, when I'm on the road or whatever? And 
I have to say it's an oldie, but to me, a goodie. You guys are going to give me crap, but Good and Plenty is that candy for me. I can eat that whole damn box. I love it. I love the sweetness of the shell on the outside, and I love licorice. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Whenever like, Robert Caldwell comes, I love it because he always brings different kinds of uh, pure licorice with him. I, I'd like to know what box you can't finish. Well, they have a they have the big ones at Costco that are about that big, and I try not to finish them. But usually in a 24-hour period, I'll finish it. Good and Plenty is a, a, a good thing. I just don't know if it's a top. I love it. Love my good. Charlie said but, it. And by the way, uh, we'll let Coop go next because if you think that mine's not a top one, let's see what Coop has. <laughs> well, well, you guys already got the Charles Chips thing wrong, and there's gonna, I'm gonna, you guys will be getting some Charles Chips at some point. Who's Chips? Charles Chips, the potato chip. Is he related to um? God, what's the guy's name that made the buns this morning? Brian? Oh, Brian's buns. Yes. No, no but you should Charles read the Chips comments on Brian's buns. Read, Charles Chips are beloved, and you should be reading the Smoke and Social on all the positive comments on that. <laughs> Charles, Chips. go ahead, Coop. What was your pick for best all right. candy? All right, best so candy of all the your best favorite candy. That's what this is. All right, so there is a there is a little bit of a personal thing. This is candy my dad used to buy me, and he bought it for my my kids as well it's called fun dip okay and what it is is you get these pouches and it's just powdered it's sugar everybody it's, knows what fun dip is yeah okay and the idea is you take that stick and you dip the stick in there and it is heaven i mean it's just pure sugar is what it is um and you know the fun part was always like which flavor would you pick first because you get those multi-packs and uh, i mean i it used to be the thing I'd love to get in my Halloween bag as a kid, too. Is a fun dip was always at the top of the list there. Uh, and then the best part is when you're all done, you eat the stick. And that was just See, that's, so good. That's my one thing. Sure. I love fun dip, but the stick is just kind of a letdown. <laughs> just plain well, really? Compared to fun dip, compared to the actual sugar cocaine, the, the <laughs> stick is a little bit of a letdown. I, I, I love the stick. Me. My kid is not allowed to eat fun dip unless it's yes. like 12 noon because if he has a fun dip at like 6 p.m., he's on and popping until 2 a.m. Uh, well, my, my, mom, my mom was horrified when my dad would get it for me, and my wife was horrified when he got it for my kids. Uh, and the thing is, like my wife's like, you have to eat all the fun dip. You can't like save the stick afterwards, you know. Right. It has to go, you know. I never uh, I never understood that candy. It, it, all it is is just colored sugar. It's, oh. trash, can it's trash candy. The licking of the stick and the keep dipping it, a, a lick, I, I never understood that. Oh, it's good. William Cooper, you are better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> the peanut gallery is emerged. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think that any of our choices were obscure, go ahead, Alex. All right. I don't know that it's obscure. Maybe it is, but I went with peanut juice, the, the official candy of philadelphia that's just a great bird. pick alex i mean just morsels of dark yeah. chocolate peanuts and molasses that are just phenomenal i uh, just i mean i don't i can't even explain how good peanut chews are and, and the greatness that you you don't you want you don't like you didn't finish it put them in the freezer put them in the freezer they come out yeah. they're a little crunchy afterwards what is the difference between that and a chocolate covered payday there's not. That's what it is. That's what it is. No, 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 it's not. No, it's. I not. would say the chocolate is different. From Philadelphia, dark chocolate. It's molasses. Yeah. You've never yeah. had. I can't believe you've never had. I'm gonna go to. Wild. I almost. I tried to send Marissa yesterday. He wouldn't let her go. He wouldn't let her go. But, 
I'm telling you, you will see when I get you some peanut chews. I, I had one in my youth years and years ago, but oh. I thought the exact same thing. Oh, somebody put chocolate on a payday. That's awesome. First that of all, chocolate is... paydays were long. I never had a chocolate payday, though. Okay. But peanut I, chews are that like, it's, it's, it's like 100 years old. It's the official candy of Philadelphia. I, I never understood the infatuation with peanuts in candy bars. The, I mean, oh, I mean, I do like it. The peanuts are the, the, literally the most unexciting nut in the history of any nut. No, it's actually not a nut. Oh, it's is a legume. A legume? It's a legume. It's a bean? Well, that explains it. Peanuts and cashews are legumes, yeah. So, so I, though I will tell you, though, if you have a good batch of properly seasoned boiled peanuts, that's a whole different experience. Oh, oh yeah. Delicious. That's a whole different experience. Boiled peanuts down by me, and you go into South Carolina, you get some great boiled peanuts. Yeah, boiled so, peanuts, a good batch of boiled peanuts, that's a whole different thing. So Kevin Shahan is asking, and of course we are going to ask our guest as well, Juan, what is, I'll try to find a picture of it, but what is your favorite candy? Uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, so until 1991, we pre- probably didn't get any, you know, U.S.-made candy, so our memories are more like uh, – Soviet era type of candies. So my memory goes back to an imitation of M&Ms. They're called in Spanish botonetas. So they're like pretty darn terrible M&M version, Soviet or Latin American made M&Ms. And that would be, when, when I see them, I grab them and I just, just you know, bring my memory lane in the 1980s in communist Nicaragua. So, but wow. after that, I would say a... Um, What's this called? Uh, this is the peanut butter one. This is a yellow. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Reese, that's the Reese's? nice packaging. That's not the old packaging. No, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the yellow, the yellow peanut butter bar that had Bart Simpson related butter to it. Butterfinger. 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 That would be my my go-to. That was. Does anybody know what's really inside a Butterfinger? I don't know. I mean, so like it's peanut butter you know, paste, but it's some flaky they're, stuff. They're good in a milkshake. <laughs> they're good in a milkshake. <laughs> they really are. Oh, yeah. I think Dairy yeah, Queen butter does. Milkshake. Milkshake. Yeah. Butterfingers. Yeah, exciting candies. But Butterfingers you, are good. I've never had a whole bar. I've only had, like, the fun-sized ones. Yeah, because you only get them at Halloween when someone throws them in one of your kids' bags. It's the only time I ever see a Butterfinger. Yeah, my kids won't eat them, so I'll, I'll eat those. They, my kids don't really love chocolate, to be honest. Yeah, are we all on consensus that the plain M and M's are probably like the worst rendition of M and M's? Only me. good no. in milkshakes and and no. ice cream. Otherwise, oh, no. I yeah, when it. they get hard in the ice cream, they're great, man. Yeah, but that's it. But as a plain we, snack, no way. Peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah we eat M and M's. No way. There's a Butterfinger. It took a long time to find that. Go. But I'm more infatu- infatuated with this. Both the but yeah, I, I am too. Both the All right. Yeah. All right. In our traditionally closing fashion every week, we have a special segment uh, sponsored by the fine folks over at Gurkha Cigars called Would You Rather? And Juan, we have a couple of questions lined up for you to see what you would rather. Right. 
that's the best. That, that's the that best video makes, I know it makes me laugh every time. I love looking at Juan's face that. doing that. Oh, you did a good job. Those are the, the 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 audio bite at the end are my kids too. I had my wife like record like six different ways of them saying it. They actually said it differently with different inflections, and that's the one we went with. I thought it was yeah, a we Paul Disney choose. clip. I thought it was from Paul Disney, actually. No, no, that, no, no. That, that was the kids. And Matt, but that's how many kids Abe has. That it, they sound like it sounds like a classroom full of kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. On question number right. one: Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now, or know everything that your future self would learn now? Ooh. Oh, that's a profound question, man. Uh, no, I would go to go back. I would go back to age five. Really? I don't want to know everything that my future self will learn. No, oh. I will. I, oh, I will yeah, go I to see, age five. Right? I can see if you're older because you know a lot more. You know, going back to age five, but I think you're if you're at the point where there's more of your life ahead of you than there is behind you, you gain more knowledge knowing what's coming. But what 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 happens then? You know everything that's gonna you learn. What what's exciting then? You you make some good investments. <laughs> I guess that's good true. Investment. You, can, you can know. Um, you can still make good investment going back to five, man. You can. You, you can I will buy a whole lot of Apple and crypto right now. Man. <laughs> right? You, right. Could say, you could say, oh, maybe that's not the one for me that I should marry. There's a lot of stuff you can avoid <laughs> knowing what's coming ahead. You know. So, all right, that's a good. Uh, question number two, yes. would you rather have unlimited international first-class tickets or never have to pay for food at any restaurant? Hmm. I would go with the international first-class tickets. Really? Me too. Yeah. Uh, with four kids, I think I'm going with the food. Yeah, I'm going with food. I don't go anywhere. I'm going to... I eat a lot more than I fly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but if you could fly for free anywhere internationally, uh, I got two kids. I got a just still. Uh, well, that is that a family pack? Does the food include family? Does the flight include family too? Because you know what, that that yeah, you know, that's a good point. I guess it's however you interpret it. All right, here's an interesting one. Ready? Would you rather wear a tuxedo every single day or a bathing suit every single day of your life? Bathing suit. Bathing suit. I really don't know who would say tuxedo to that question. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Of course. Does, does this mean in my everyday <laughs> life? Yeah. You don't want to see my legs. So. Yeah. Like, this is what you, <laughs> if you had to choose one outfit that you'd have to wear every day for the rest of your life, which would it be? Like, if I had to go to work? Yeah. Yeah, you almost come to work in a bathing suit. What are you talking about? But well, just when you say a bathing suit, can you wear a shirt too? Like, can you wear a t-shirt? Just a t-shirt? Because bathing suits can be uncomfortable too. You know, you gotta. It's got to be like the ultra what premium one. Suit? Are you wearing well, that's uncomfortable? I mean, yeah, like the nineteen twenties whole body suit. What are you wearing? Speedos? No, no, no. So, like, you know how some men, some men's bathing suit have that mesh inside. That's uncomfortable. You got to get the ones that have like the boxer brief built in. No, I don't cut it out. I don't like that. I don't like that because then you feel it on your waistband. I oh get the ones God. that have like a like a boxer brief built in. That's my new jam here. So I could wear those every day, no problem. But you don't like dressing up ever. That's my other thing. Like I like 
I do I, like I, dressing I, up. I like dressing up. I just don't know if I want to be a tux. Yeah, day. every day. Yeah. I hate dressing up. Yeah, I don't mind dressing up. But... I wore a suit every day for a I, few I, years. That's I one of my the things I love about this industry, and it's, it was Abe's advice. You know, since Jonathan Drew, there's no rules to the way you have to dress <laughs> anything. There's no rules to how you have to dress at anything in, in this industry. Pretty much. All right. Much, I yeah. want to thank everybody for joining us today. Listen, do we still have the graphic? There are still tickets available for a very epic rooftop party here um, in Florida. Sorry for those out of town, but there are tickets available. This is going to be an epic event. It's the launch of our 25th anniversary cigar called the Raji. Jonathan Drew is going to be there. Billy Herrera is going to be there. Every box comes with an ashtray. There's also a whole bunch of other cigars. You get Savage Feast, uh, Chinas. There'll be open bar or yours. This is going to be a, a real nice to remember. Just go to smoking.com, reserve your tickets. There's only a limited amount available. We still have some left. Um, and that's for this box right here. There you go. He's got it there. That's for this box right here coming out on the, uh, the, the that party will be on May 5th and on May 6th. Six. We're going to have a virtual event and release. Six, release. seven, six, seven, six, seven. Thank you. That, that rooftop party is May 6th. And, and you could win that. Yes. No, the rooftop one, we're going to give away a, a, a big one. That's the one we're going to give away during the virtual event. Easier to ship. Okay. Thank you, pausers, for that hard, hard learned lesson. Um, it's easier to ship. We're going to uh, give away the little mini uh, tabletop uh, ashtray during the virtual event, which will be May 7th, I believe it's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So a lot of things going on. Our guest next week, thank you for not updating the, <laughs> the outline, Paul. Oh. It'll be yeah. Fred Rui. We're going to talk to our good friend Fred Rui, see how his new position is treating him over at Illusion Cigars. Juan, thank you for joining. It looks pretty good. He's been on vacation, it seems like, since he started. I was going to say that. I was like, what a fucking job. I think Fred's life is just vacation, period. So God bless <laughs> Fred Rui. Juan, thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. Thank you. Down in the thank Dominican. you, Juan. Coop, thank you for your contributions. As always, we hope we entertained you. You had a little fun, and maybe if we were lucky, you might have even learned a little bit something. Catch us next week. But until then, everyone, keep it lit.